Welcome to Food Friends. I'm Carrie. And I'm Sonia. We met in Los Angeles over 15 years ago as private chefs and haven't stopped talking about food since. We created Food Friends to share our stories and recipes with each other and you. We're so glad you're here. Hi, it's Carrie. I'm introducing this week's episode to share that I think it's about so much more than just tofu. As I talked with Sonia and then reflected back on our conversation, I could hear my own insecurity about cooking tofu. And I can equally hear how a true food friend can help us when we need support. I hope this episode inspires you to try some of the recipes, as it did for me. And I also hope it encourages you to think about someone who is a food friend to you and what you've learned from them. Or maybe a time when you offered support or shared some of your recipes with someone else. If you have any cooking questions or topics you'd like us to consider, drop us a line at foodfriendspod at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram. Stay tuned for more. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Sonia. So nice to see you. It's really nice to see you, but Sonia, I'm nervous for this episode. Why are you nervous? Well, honestly, I think it's coming from embarrassment. We agreed that we're going to talk about tofu today. Yes. And tofu is a food I actually really love, but honestly, I've kind of lost my mojo with tofu and I kind of want to blame it on my kid. I know, it's just not. He's not pro-tofu. He's not pro-tofu. And I've really been able to get him to eat a lot of things. You know, he eats a lot. But his dislike of tofu is like such a bummer for me because I love it. I'm kind of coming to you. Well, I'm looking for some support and I need you to help me get back to like- We got to establish a (laughs) a shame-free zone, right? Like this is, there's no place for shame in this home. We all have our sticking points in something in yeah. life. Yeah. And in something in the kitchen, there can be just that one ingredient or that one kind of meal or that one time of day, whatever it is. So I welcome this because I have experienced tofu you've made. I've so thoroughly enjoyed it. So I know that there was mojo there. I no, can vouch I know, for that. I, I know that I have it. I've just lost it. And I've kind of relegated myself to just eating tofu out. I order tofu maybe once a week, you know, when we order lunch at the office or if we're out at dinner or whatever. Like I eat tofu on my own, but I can't seem to find my way back to cooking tofu in my house. So. Okay. I have some ideas because I want to start with like, I've had a real couple years of getting deeper into the kind into tofu. I'm a big tofu person. Doesn't mean like I eat it every day, but I absolutely love it. But I used to only have one way I would make it. I mean, I might season it differently, but I'd always just basically take an extra firm block of tofu, put it in some kitchen towels and let it, you know, press it with like a pan. You can get a tofu press. I don't have one and never have. I just use clean kitchen towels. Wait, I've had a tofu press. I don't have a tofu press. Really? I mean, I literally take a, a clean, clean towel and then yeah. I'll put like a cast iron pan on it or something to weigh it down. And sometimes I don't even have time for that. Sometimes I don't even press my tofu. But okay, I take that tofu that's extra firm and I cube it or I triangle it or I rectangle it. You know, there's, I think- Like um, bite-sized pieces of whatever shape, yes. Yeah, I think um, there's this one great vegan cookbook where there's a whole section on like tofu butchery and like all the ways (laughs) you can- um, Wait, I want to know about the tofu butchery. That sounds amazing. Issa Trandra Moskowitz's book. Um, 
yeah, she has a whole, I'll link it. She has a whole okay. section. I want to know. Yeah, it's fun. Just like the different shapes, right? And then I would just take like a big heavy and do oil and pan fry it, right? And that was it. That was yeah, my tofu life. Together. I feel like we've done that together at the retreat. We did that. And I think one of the things that I learned from you, because I had a few ways, I guess very few ways that I cooked, cooked tofu before. And they were always kind of with like a teriyaki sauce or like yeah. a soy-based sauce. That was kind of my go-to with tofu or like a coconutty sauce. Yeah. Like something that was creamy, right? And for me, it was um, always like peanut sauce. I loved peanut sauces on my Yeah, own. or a peanut sauce. So- yeah, or yeah. a peanut sauce. But when you and I cooked tofu together, when we would, you know, basically pan fry it in a in cast iron and get it really crunchy, what you taught me that I really loved was to heavily spice it. Yes. It was like really go deep with the spices. And you can take that in many directions, but because tofu is this really blank canvas, right? Yeah. That really getting into like lots of garlic, lots of ginger, lots of paprika, lots of chili powder, lots of, you know, tell me like what and you so there's like, like I definitely want to come back to the flavors of tofu. But what happened for me in the past couple of years was like an expanding of my technique beyond the pan fry. Okay. And a lot of it happened thanks to YouTube because I love watching home cooks around the world on YouTube. And one of my favorite kinds of food to learn about is Korean food in large part because I have wonderful Korean friends and I've been exposed to food in their homes. It's just blown me away. And living in LA, there's so uh, much yes, amazing- we have an amazing yeah. Korean population so, yeah. and so many amazing Korean restaurants. I mean, that's one of the things I miss about LA. So watching these YouTube videos, I saw that these home cooks were- dusting their tofu or like tossing their tofu in potato starch or cornstarch. They're kind of interchangeable, but I started to use potato starch and it just changed everything for me because even though you can get a nice like crunchy sear in a pan fry without anything at all, when you dust it in potato starch, that tofu gets this really fun crispy crust. That's just so good. That was number one. Okay. Yes. Number two was falling in love with silken tofu. Try Do you ever eat silken tofu? do not eat to I do not eat silken tofu. I've had one silken tofu that I remember that was really good at like a restaurant in New York. Right. And I just remember being like, what is this? I don't understand. So there I, was like I, I, I called I was like, like this is above my head. <laughs> It was like the way I used to feel about carbonara, where I was like, I'm just going to yeah. eat this in a restaurant. I'm just not going to deal with it. I'm going to let someone else feed this to me. I don't I, can, yeah. I, don't, I don't need to cook everything. Okay. Well, I, I kind of call everything. it like the, the tyranny of extra firm tofu. <laughs> the tyranny of extra firm. The tyranny firm. of extra firm tofu, as if it's the only acceptable <laughs> tofu one could eat. There's this hierarchy where somehow like the softer the tofu, the less desirable it less is. Less desirable right? it is. Right. Okay. Well, tell me so, about the silk magic and tofu. of yourself. Silk yeah. I mean, I really feel like, like you, my first exposure to silk and tofu was in incredible Japanese restaurants. Not like fancy, just like regular oh, mom and pop. it was pop. the place down the street from our apartment. Yeah. Exactly. And and also Korean panchan, like when you sit down at a Korean meal and they give you all those little sides to start yes. with. One of them yes. is often like these rounds of silk and tofu that are topped with exactly what I'm going to describe, which is a soy-based sauce with like sesame oil and vinegar, loads of scallion and and toasted sesame seeds. So I had a version of that at the place that I take. Yeah. yeah. It was like, yeah, it was like this really light dressing, but it was zippy. It was delicious. 
And again, through the magic of YouTube and TikTok, I saw all these people who were just like, they were making a meal where they would take a block of silk or tube of silken tofu comes in blocks and tubes. They were topping it with these soy-based sauces, sometimes cold, sometimes hot, tons of scallions, tons of sesame seeds. And then they would just get a bowl of steamed rice and that was their meals, like scooping oh that onto gosh, their rice. That sounds delicious. I'm obsessed. Do you think I, I love could it. get Mac Weaver to eat that? <laughs> Does he like, so what's his issue with tofu? Is it texture? Is it? I think it's the texture. Yeah. He's a real, he is a crunchy kid. And I remember, I don't, I actually don't think you were the first person who told me about the cornstarch trick. I think it was my sister-in-law who was like, wait, what I've been cooking recently is tons of tofu in the oven covered in cornstarch. And I was like, what? She goes, yeah, it yeah. becomes really crispy. I've tried that a couple of times, tried to get him to eat it. The thing that I usually do that really reminds me of you is I spice it heavily. And usually what I do is I use nutritional yeast because mm-hmm. I really like a kind of ranchy version of it. Mm-hmm. So it's like nutritional yeast and garlic Sounds- and onion and all that. Yeah, I always – however I'm preparing it, except for the silken – form. Mm-hmm. When I'm preparing it, whether it's in the oven, which I do like that, I'll do a coating. I always heavily spice and I've actually made like paste. Like I'll take like oh. chili paste or all these spices and maybe add like a little tomato paste and a little olive oil and loosen it up and then toss almost like you'd make a marinade for meat. Yeah. I will marinate my tofu. You want it to like cling to it. Yes. If I'm not using mm. like a, a wetter mar- marinade, then I do dry spice blends. And for yeah. me, like it's whatever f- flavor profile you're going for. So, you know, sometimes I'll go with like cumin and coriander and paprika and, and those kinds of spices. And yes. Yeah. That's what I remember you doing. Right. I did a lot of that. Yeah. And then, cumin, coriander. Yes. Yeah. I'll, yes. I'll also do onion powder, garlic powder, ginger, um, ginger chili, is a good one. ginger. Yes. yes. I do fresh ginger and fresh garlic, but I add that later to the pan because I don't want it to burn. Right. You, you know, can use the dried spices though. It's like another layer of flavor. That's the exactly. thing that, yeah. All right. The other what, thing that I've discovered. The silken situation though. Yeah. The silken tofu is exactly that. Well, I have a recipe that I'll link. It's so simple. It doesn't even take effort to describe or to make. The other thing I recently discovered is frozen tofu. Do you know about this? No. Have you ever frozen your tofu? No. And then used it later? I, what I try to do is keep two bricks of tofu in my fridge at all times. I cannot believe I'm confessing this, but like there have been so many times when I've just not cooked it and then thrown them away because they're gross. Yeah. And that makes me so sad. I hate throwing food away, especially if I've mismanaged it and forgotten about it. I feel like it's such a missed opportunity for me. But I also like, there's always this like hitch for me, which is like, he's going to complain about it. And I don't have the time to like research something cool and fun to do with it. So it just gets tossed. So when you get to the point where you're like, I might need to toss it it soon, you can put it in the freezer. What does that do to it? Okay. So it is going to change the texture. But now people are intentionally freezing their tofu because all the people who like sort of discovered, I mean, maybe I'm sure there are people who've been freezing their tofu for forever, but there's been this recent trend of people discovering that there's a benefit to their tofu being previously Wait, frozen. What's, what's the benefit? So it becomes more craggly and spongier, which again, okay. this might be not might not be for Mac Weaver. But <laughs> one thing I've seen is where you take the brick, you freeze it, obviously, you thaw it 
it. You defrost it. Okay. And then you, you know, pat it dry. This is where a lot of people seem to like having a tofu press. Again, I think you can accomplish the same thing with some pans. And then you can rip apart the tofu into chunks that almost like are craggly and meaty. Does that make sense? So instead of cutting it with a knife, you're like tear. And so then it has all this craggly surface area. And then when it bakes or fries, you're getting like a lot more browning, crispy. Yeah. And then- It reminds me of what happens when you steam or boil a potato- Yes. And then you you sort of half smash it into this like lazy version of a latke. Yes. And then you roast it in the oven till it's like craggly and – Do you want to hear this one method? I, yes. I, I, want to know, I want to know all these things. I'm so – This is from Holistic Foodie because I was just looking up like what are people doing with their frozen tofu? This is one step I've never done. But okay, so you take the tofu, you keep it in its package, you freeze it at least overnight. But obviously for longer is fine. Okay. Then you remove, remove the tofu tofu from the freezer and let it thaw oh this is saying you don't even have to let it thaw oh, you can bring really? a large pot of water to boil no. and then put the tofu in the boiling water for 14 minutes flipping halfway through remove the tofu and let it cool before slicing wouldn't wow. it flip itself while you're boiling in the water wouldn't it move i've around never it? heard of this method and then once tofu has cooled you cut it into cubes put it in a bowl toss it in arrowroot flour that's the same idea as like a starch it's the start right tamari or soy sauce and and then you guess put it in a cast iron skillet into the oven and then mm. cooked it in the oven in the skillet and then flips it halfway through for another like for about 15 minutes. That's really interesting. One of my tricks that I use when I'm really trying to get dinner going is I turn when I turn the oven on, I throw my skillets in. So then when it goes in, it hits a hot pan in the oven. And it's not the same as hitting a hot pan on the stove. So even if you're just roasting broccoli and your pan's already hot. It, you just immediately get a, a sear. You start it's the, so, carameli- the caramelizing. That to me is like the chefiest trick that people need to know about in their home yeah. while you're preheating, while you're like doing your other stuff. And it makes such a difference because almost every recipe, the first step is to turn on the oven. If you're cooking something in the oven, the yes. first step is preheat your oven. So if the first step, like I walk into my kitchen, I turn my oven on and then you could just throw your pans in. Yeah. Especially if you're using a pan that you – like that's the only thing where you have to like get a really good oven mitt or, yes. or towel, not wet towel, dry towel. Don't ever use a wet towel. Don't ever use a wet it's towel. Bad idea. Another um, chef tip. Another chef tip, yes. So which okay. we've learned the hard way. I have more about frozen tofu. You want to hear more? I want to know about frozen tofu. This is a wild world that I've never even heard of. I mean, I kind of think we also have to do a little experimentation after this conversation. Post it feels our like results. there needs to be a uh, a recap. What so. Happened? If you go to Bon Appetit, they have a whole article from 2022 about frozen tofu because like I said, it was a trend. It makes tofu stronger, firmer, and spongier after it's been frozen. It holds its shape better when it cooks and stir fries, hot pots, or soups, and it doesn't tend to fall apart or crumble. It loses a lot of water and it gains all these tiny holes in its place. And so that well, can that make- that sounds like ideal. Yeah. And so those little pockets become like perfect sponges, like I said earlier, for flavors. Right. They're saying to they cut up have... your tofu before you freeze it, mm. put it on a sheet tray, and then you defrost it one helping at a time. So you, you let them defrost for four to six hours and they turn color. They'll turn yellow. Don't worry. That's normal. Oh, okay. Good to I know. Would worry. Thank I you. Would worry. I think I would worry. I would worry. Um, <laughs> that they were turning yellow. To, that they must 
must have asked a food scientist all of this. Is that I mean, they happened? also, I would imagine they did it in the test kitchen yeah. multiple times. Yeah. Yes. So if you don't want extra moisture, they're saying you can throw your tofu frozen into things. Or like if you, you add a soup or something, you can yeah, throw it. Yeah, but if you want less moisture, you can thaw them before. And that there's no right way to thaw. You can either do it in the fridge or you could run it underwater, which is good to know. Again, like food safety, it's not like ground meat. And then they're just saying that it's perfect for hot pots, which also makes sense and which is going to lead me to my other use of tofu. But before we move on. Well, yeah, I guess if you're going to throw it in a hot pot, oh, I guess the freezing gives it more texture so it holds up its um, shape. shape. So that's like what you would want. I'm really stuck on the craggy, the roasty craggy bits. That's where I'm at. That's where I think I can get Mac to eat it. He's not going to be like, yeah, I love a tofu soup. He's not going to be into that. But I think the craggy bits, I might be able to get him in that direction. And I think you're right about the craggy bits. But yeah. Serious Eats says they're using the same boil your tofu method that I talked about at first. Boil it for 15 minutes or until it's softened and then cut it into squares and then cook it in a pan over medium low heat. What? Did Kenji write this article? This is by Chi Chi Wang. Okay. I mean, no offense to anyone else, but if Kenji says it, I'll listen. <laughs> I know how you feel. I know. I I agree. I'm such a mad genius. And he's total genius. He does all of his research. He's an obsessive cook and we all benefit from his research. So whatever he says, I believe, but I'm a little skeptical about most other people. I do trust Serious Eats though because I feel like that's a prerequisite for working there is that you had to have tested it. They're saying cook it over – you cook it basically in a pan sauce with stock and soy sauce and sake and you cook it low and slow and then it starts to absorb all that liquid. and Almost like of, a braise? Yes. Oh, interesting. Okay. okay. So that wouldn't I'm, be crunchy. It would be like a braised, flavorful cube okay. of tofu. I know for sure, and I'll try to find this. I've seen on TikTok people taking <laughs> the frozen tofu, crumbling it up after it's thawed, and putting it in the oven. Right. All right. Well, I feel like just this alone is like a great place for me to start. But I feel like you have more. You know, when I'm thinking about tofu, the last development in my tofu journey was various kinds of hot pots. And my favorite, again, being a Korean recipe for sundubu. Did you ever go to Beverly Soon Tofu in Los Angeles? Rest in peace, Beverly Soon Tofu. No longer exists. You took me to a place for lunch that I have been wanting to go since we went there. And I don't it's remember what it was. not that place. Okay. So they specialize in a thing. They used to specialize in a thing called sundubu, which is basically like in those kind of almost cast iron like clay pots. Yeah. And it comes sizzling to your table. And it's like a very hot stew. And usually in a red pepper sauce, like, okay, um, you know, classic like sort a, of Korean. Like a, right. Yeah. Right. And they make it with tofu, but then they also add like seafood or meat or other ingredients or kimchi. But that's another way where I love tofu, just like and it, the tofu does kind of fall apart. It isn't meant to be firm right. and crispy. But it it's a textural component of a soup, which you need. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess one of the things I had recently that was really delicious was we ordered lunch at the office and I got tofu tacos. Yum. And maybe this is like the child's play version of how to use tofu, but it was just, you know, they crumbled them up. They spiced them like tacos and then they served them with, there was nothing like that spectacular about them. It was just the preparation that they made. It was like, they were really good corn tortillas. There was this 
basically ground tofu inside. And then there were really good salsas and really good pico de gallo and really good guacamole. And it was an amazing lunch. But that's the thing about tofu, right? It's a canvas. It's a canvas. Exactly. But you kind of have to treat the canvas right in the same way like when you're painting, you have to stretch it properly or yes. put it on the frame properly. Yeah. Like, but it benefits from a few techniques. Yeah. But you can yeah, crumble. That's... What you're describing is also what like a lot of vegans do for mock egg scrambles, yes. right? Like where you take the eggs and you add turmeric and you can add sulfur, which tastes like, you know, that eggy taste and spices. Do you <laughs> I've know? never heard of that. Oh, you didn't, or like black salt. Have you never had okay. those things that taste oh, like? No, so interesting. Yeah, they kind of it makes it taste like a scrambled egg. Exactly. Oh, interesting. Well, it's funny. I've been cleaning out my office and going through old recipes, and I the reason why I remember this is one day I was in the grocery store, and this woman who I didn't know came up to me, and she said, "I still cook your tofu." And I was like, "That you know, there were times when I would do these cooking classes for with my clients and for their kids' schools, and you know, we'd have ten moms at someone's house, and I would do some easy weeknight meals, and." So it's funny. I found that recipe, which was blistered green beans. Like you blanch the green beans and then you stir fry them. You do the same with the tofu. And then my sauce recommendation for that quote unquote recipe was whatever is your favorite teriyaki sauce. And so there was a part of me that was really judging. Like I was like, what kind of recipe is this? I wasn't even teaching these people anything, but it actually doesn't matter. These rules that we put onto food, right? It was like, that was the moment that this woman decided. I'm going to cook tofu for my kids. And I gave her the permission to just use the jarred sauce, whatever jarred sauce she likes. And now that I'm a parent, right? I'm like, well, if my kid will eat something with a sauce on it, I'll just put the sauce or on it. it. I don't makes need to make your, it so fancy. Yeah. If your makes your day easier, your night yeah. easier. Yes. That's like totally. I, why I love those like curry bricks or like, you know, those there's so, so many great um, Thai curry like, sauce. Yes, the yeah. curries in it. But sometimes right. you don't have the time or the person doesn't, you're feeding doesn't want to eat it. Right. You know, this was this was 15 years ago. Yeah. I mean, I know that Chili Crisp has existed, but it certainly did not exist in American mainstream and I didn't know about it. And so I just think now there's so many great sauces out there and there's even from now till then, there's so many great options. And the thing that I actually love about tofu, and that's why I really wanted to have this conversation with you is because you can buy it and it will sit for a month in your fridge. Like there are so few ingredients that will just do that. And then this new revelation about being able to freeze it, I never even thought that well, was an option. Me too. I spent many, I thought like, cause it ruins its texture. It turned yellow. Yes. I think at some point I did put it in a freezer and saw it turn yellow and got scared or something. So this was so exciting to me to learn. And then there's like all these recipes where people like blend tofu into things. Have you seen that? You know, I was, like I said, I was feeling nervous and kind of embarrassed to come to this conversation because I've sort of lost my mojo and I'm not even that familiar with what people are doing with tofu. Like I didn't know all of these things. So I did like a quick search and, you know, there's – like Melissa Clark has a bunch of tofu recipes that are really highly rated. Hetty McKinnon. Hetty McKinnon has one. I think it's like a noodles with a creamy sauce that is made out of tofu. Oh. Um, it's, a, it's a creamy noodle with a creamy sauce and then you just put a bunch of vegetables on it oh. and, you know, mix a bunch of vegetables That's in. That's yummy. And I was sort of noticing like there's a whole world of tofu that people are experiencing that I, that I would love to be a part of. The super charged flavor recipes like a 
chorizo made with tofu or like a mapo tofu, like those. I love you know, mapo tofu. That's one of my well, favorite. Well, I always get that when I'm, you know, if we go to Chinese food, that's one of I my favorite it. things to get. But no one else will eat that. Or I guess James will eat that with me. Do you want it? But Mac won't it's, eat that. It's, there's a place in LA that makes a vegetarian mapo tofu that's made with like mushroom. So it's like a tangy sauce for those who haven't mm-hmm. had it. It's like very soft, silken tofu and usually mixed traditionally with ground pork or ground right. meat in this sort of like sweet and soury kind of sauce. It's spicy. But it's very it's spicy. a lot of spice, yeah. And there, and there is this mushroom version that I just loved at this place called Pine and Crane in LA, which is a Taiwanese oh, restaurant. Yeah, I want to go there. Do you know what else you can do with silken tofu? <laughs> So you're just getting my brain going because like I have forgot about it. So I'm glad you're like sparking my memory. But what you can make with silken tofu that's super easy and delicious is a chocolate mousse. Oh, yeah. I don't know about this, but it reminds me that was something that my mom used to always make for us on like weeknight dinners. She would make- With tofu? No, no. She'd make instant jello. Like or instant jello or instant jello pudding. We'd have like a little bowl of pudding that we could eat after, you know, because it had she would make it with milk and that was in the 80s and 90s when everyone was like your kids have to drink two cups of milk every day which is why I think I had a stomach ache for 15 years <laughs> um, but that idea of having this like kind of sweet treat at the end of a weeknight meal that's that is like not, not too that's not too heavy and not too so yeah. all you do is you take the tofu you take silken tofu you put it in a blender with cocoa powder or melted chocolate or both and you were that together with like maple syrup or agave or you, oh gosh, yeah, you that could, sounds so good. You could leave out any refined sugars and then right. you just like put it in your little jars or man- ramekins or cups, whatever you want to serve it in and you chill it for like 30 minutes max. So you can make it before dinner, have it chilling during dinner and then have dessert yeah. and you could garnish it. That's a great idea. Yeah, you could garnish it with berries. You could put whipped cream on it. You could, it's even a banana would work. It'd be so good with a banana <laughs> and peanut butter. Yeah. Oh yeah. You could make it like a chocolate peanut butter one. Oh, I love that. Okay. I, that's what I love about tofu is there is this whole world that I feel like we don't always think about. I don't know why. And I think it's because it's tofu has a bad rap. It does have a bad rap, but it really is this like sort of hidden, this this thing that just waits. This I That's what I love imagining it uh, is this, mm. this, this thing that's always waiting in my fridge. Yes. Which honestly, that thing that has been waiting on me has has weighed on me. <laughs> and I'm always like, oh, I feel the shame of like not cooking it and gives me, this is the boost that I needed to get my mojo back. I am so happy to hear that. It's also giving me a boost. this is what our food friendship is about. This is what like when, when we were neighbors, when we cooked together, when we were cooking together so much more often. And that's why we also started this conversation was because, I mean, I've had friends that I've done this with for years, you know, or you just like call someone and say like, what's what are you cooking today? When you're in a rut, yes. what do you call? You well, call your food friend. And that's the same thing for me. It's like there's so many times when I've called you and I'm like, I just don't know what to make for these people for dinner tonight. I'm having guests over and we've talked through something and it, we all have like our almost like our blind spots in the kitchen yeah. or something or, or our yeah. cycles. Like, And then you forget about all these other things you know how to make and it just like that spark, right? Yeah, you just need that spark. And in some ways, it also kind of just need to talk it out with someone, right? Like, I'd love to make the silken tofu, you know, the savory recipes that you're describing, like I would eat that in a heartbeat. But I know that as you're just saying, like the craggy pieces, I'm like, oh yeah, that Mac will really like that. I just need to just get the permission to do it, you know? I love it. Well, you'll have to report back. I'll report back. Before we go today, I'm wanting some carry inspiration in my life. And I'm wondering just 
maybe if you would share with me something delicious you made this week because I feel like or something delicious you ate because I feel like whenever you do that I get some fresh source of inspiration I won't give you one I'll give you two okay great (laughs) (laughs) one I made your turkey chili and it's outrageously delicious oh you liked it it's so good it's the word I'm looking it's a classic it's a classic version of turkey chili that is like it's all the things that you want it to be and I also really love that it only uses one pound of meat and a lot of beans it's like a really nice mixture yes and I love that it has a can of beer in it yeah um which is fun I was did you do that you did I did yeah yeah and I had a bottle of Modelo or something Modelo is perfect that I threw in there. Yeah, it was so delicious. And I've been eating the leftovers, which are amazing. We had a real bean and legume heavy week because I also made my friend's yellow doll. And is this your friend, Jamie? This is my friend, Jamie. Yeah, I made her yellow doll, which is actually not her mom's recipe. It's her um, mother-in-law's recipe. There's like the warring sides of the Indian family that, you know, this recipe is better than this recipe. But I've watched her make it several times. I've taken notes, but I can't tell you where I put any of those notes. So I was trying to do it on memory. And what I know now that I did was I was real heavy handed with the ghee. Oh, yeah. And it made them so buttery. Oh, yeah. And so basically we just had these like buttery, yellow, mushy dal with rice. And then we had cilantro and I had some scallions that we put on top. And it's been raining so much here. So yeah. it was really nice to have these like warm, comforting bowls of yummy. So all you want is like soups week. and stews. Chili and all are firmly in that category. What did you cook this week? What were you cooking? Yeah, I had a good food week. I'll share one of the things we made. So usually our tradition is like our most special meal of the week is on Friday night for Shabbat. And that's usually like when I save like a special piece of meat or if I'm planning to make fish or something like that. And this week I just was like, I want to have a special meal in the middle of the week. I just want to use like a nice, nice. yeah, just why not? And also because we had bought, well, I've told you about my lamb guy at the farmer's farm. Market that I love. Yes, yes. The, the lamb your, purveyor. Your, your love affair with your lamb farmer. <laughs> I just love this one <laughs> lamb. Pr- He's so sweet and gentle and and has such beautiful products. So we were like, what if we got ground lamb? I never use ground lamb. Lamb is like a special occasion food for us mostly. Yeah. And I'll usually do it for special holidays and do it braised. But there was something about this like ground lamb that called to me at the farmer's market. I was like, what can I make that's like really simple with ground lamb? And it was kind of a cross between a Russian dish called kutlyethe, which are like little meat patties, and kofta, which are like Middle Eastern meat patties, or, you know, sometimes they're on skewers, sometimes they're like freehand, but it's the same thing. You can call them tiny burgers, you could call them sliders. All these things are the same. Shape them into a meatball. Yeah. So I just took the ground beef, ground, sorry, ground Ground lamb, lamb. took the ground lamb and I added a ton of different spices, coriander, cumin, garlic powder, onion, real onion, parsley, those kinds of things. And then I just, you know, seared them really simply and cooked them through. Mm. Oh, and like, you know, a few breadcrumbs and- Did you add an egg? I did add an egg. I don't even know if I needed to do that. And they came out so good. And then on the sauce, I did um, tahini sauce, like a simple, just like water, tahini, lemon, garlic. That's it. And then I did a side of couscous with currants. Yum. And a salad. And it was such a like, took me so little time. I think this meal took like 30, 35 minutes to make. Wow. As you were talking, I was like, that for sure. You took a lot of time this week. That was not the time that I had this week, but no, because I'm glad that it was fast. Couscous 
cooks in five minutes. You pour boiling right. water over it and you're done. Right. The little right. patties took me five minutes to combine everything. Right. I mean, it doesn't take that long to add some spices That's and some true. onion. And then to cook them off, they don't cook that long. I think, you know, 15 minutes, they were done. And in those extra like five minutes, I threw together some greens, like literally greens and some radish or something. Sounds amazing. But it felt special, I guess. That was like the – because sometimes if the ingredient is good and you don't have to do much, then that's enough to make a meal special, not the time it took to make it. Yeah. It reminds me of these – when I used to cater Hanukkah, one of the things that we would do many years ago is we would make these like Middle Eastern meatballs, yeah, to go with alongside of them, and they were they were green. There was so much parsley, mint, cilantro in them. Oh yeah, and then we served them with this like spiced yogurt dip. That's so like good. a spiced sauce. It's funny. I've made that recipe so many times, and we've refined it so many times. My client and I have, and I just remember chopping so many herbs because we would make it for like forty people. So it would that would take me so long to put them together. By the way, we need to have a whole other episode about meatballs about because meatballs. you know so yes. much about different kinds of meatballs that don't even involve meat, and I've made them with you before, and I learned so much. So we'll do a meatball one because I feel like I've kind of lost my way in that direction too. Just what you're describing is such a great like. I might put meatballs on my menu for next week things to eat well full circle we need to work on a tofu meatball oh gosh yeah is that even possible i think so no Okay. I'll let you right, know. Let's... I'll let you know okay, if I figure it you... out. I'll do yeah, if you figure it out, let me know. That's like a great place to go. This right, is well, so as usual, wonderful. I'm so hungry. I am so hungry. I'm going to make meatballs this week. You've inspired me. I'm doing it. Oh, I can't wait to hear about it. Have a great week. <laughs> All right. You too. Happy eating. Bye. Bye. Thanks for being our food friend. If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe, leave us a review, and share this episode with friends. We love hearing from you, so follow us on Instagram or drop us a line at foodfriendspodcast.com. Yes, we'd love to hear from you and your food friends. Happy cooking and eating. Awesome.